You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. morning and welcome to another episode of Dirt Radio, Friends of the Earth's show on 3CR. Megan here with you this morning and keeping me company is the wonderful Lucinda Walker. Welcome back to Dirt Radio. Thank you, Megan. We're going to start by paying respects to elders both past and present on the Kulin Nations where 3CR is broadcasting via 8.55am and by paying respects to the elders on the lands on which you are listening, which could be anywhere if you are streaming on 3cr.org.au slash streaming. Right across this great continent, this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Sovereignty has never been ceded. And once again, my heart goes out to everyone listening at home in ISO. I'm hopeful to see that curve of infection coming down and I'm proud of you all for doing your bit at home right now. We're going to get there. Today on the show, we're featuring the Sustainable Cities Collective for their work resisting the North East Link toll road. The North East Link is a $16.5 billion project that would connect the M80 Western Ring Road at Greensboro to the Eastern Freeway at Bulleen. And if built, it will become Australia's largest freeway with over 20 lanes and bringing more than 90,000 cars onto the road. Joining us to discuss the project is Barry Watson, Doncaster resident who has a keen interest in road traffic noise and air quality issues for the past 30 years, and Michelle Giovis, who has been the president of the Friends of Banyul and a participant in the Community Liaison Group and has sounded the alarm about impacts and failings of the Northeast Link projects for the past four years. We'll be finding out about those impacts and where the project is up to after this community service announcement. Community Radio is your antidote to social isolation. Stay connected and listen to 3CR. 855 AM, 3CR digital and streaming and podcasting online at 3cr.org.au. All right, you're listening to Dirt Radio with Megan and Lucinda. Today on the show, we're getting an update on the campaign to rethink the Northeast Link. Joining us today is Michelle Giovis from the Friends of the Banyal, an active member in the Sustainable Cities Collective at Friends of the Earth, and Barry Watson, who has been researching the impacts of air and noise pollution. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So it's been a little while since we've heard from the Sustainable Cities Collective on Dirt Radio. Last time we had you on, it was just before the preliminary works started on the Northeast Link back in May. Michelle, can you tell us what's been happening out there on the ground? Uh, yes, I can. The early works have started at um, Borlazy Reserve in Yalambi and also at the Simpson Army Barracks in Watsonia. And that's involved site establishment and, um, and now underway is we're losing 
all the trees from the reserve and many significant trees from the Simpson Army barracks. Uh, there is um, utilities um, relocation occurring in Greensboro Road and um, Borlacy Street. So we've got noisy nighttime works, noisy daytime works, and you know the distressing loss of trees. And yeah. additionally, we have um, complementary, a complementary project at Greensboro College, which is um, uh, new sports fields are being built, but and that's um, managed by North East Link Project as well. And that's resulted in a pollution event occurring from contaminated stormwater runoff. And it's just, um, it occurred when we had the heavy rain, but the way it was um, set up was very poor. You know, we've complained to the EPA, uh, North East Link and um, the contractors Lloyd, but have had very little response and the pollution event is still continuing now. Uh, and and also, I guess what's of great concern is the impact to residents down at Borlacy Street and surrounds. The, um, the noise is driving them crazy. And I don't think that the, uh, the contractors, which are CPB for that part of the project, are actually taking much notice or taking steps to control the noise that they're generating. So it's, um, it's very disturbing. People are trapped in their homes in isolation, trying to homeschool, trying to work from home, and then trying to sleep at night, and they can't. So it's actually really disturbing. Mm, that's terrible to hear. Um, I was just wondering about the trees that have been cut down. Like, are they how big are the trees, and like, have there been a lot that have been cut down? Um, well, so far, there's probably. Um, I think it would be getting on to nearly a hundred trees, and mm. and these are native trees. A lot of them are um, yellow gums, river red gums. Yeah, uh, planted nature strip trees like white cedar, and the big paper barks. But these these um, the trees in the nature strips that have um, been chopped down, and even in some even in people's yards, they they've been about sixty years old. Um, you know, magnificent, beautiful habitat trees and uh, incredible buffers to the noise from Greensboro Road and, and the actual North East Link project works. And they're, since they've been removed, I think people are a lot more aware of the noise issues. And I've taken photos and, um, you know, I see little birds looking around and it, it, it's, you know, like kookaburras, magpies, lorikeets, you know, looking a bit, and that's only the ones I can see. So there's a fair bit of devastation, and it's um, the trees that are going from the Simpson Army barracks will include endangered uh, tree species like the um, Studley Park gum, and some trees that are hundreds of years old. And, and these trees are, you know, they're irreplaceable. So it's um, it, it's really sad, and and the Simpson Army barracks is. Uh, it's a significant uh, biodiversity refuge in the northern suburbs and it serves as um, a foraging area for, area for powerful owl and, um, and swift parrot. So it, it's, um, it's tragic and what I can't get over is why these early works are continuing in, um, in, well, in our lockdown 
and also before we have a final design. So that this early works program is occurring and we don't even have the final project design. So what if the loss of these trees wasn't necessary? So it's really, um, you know, it's heartbreaking and it's, um, and it's, and it's astounding that uh, it's allowed, the project is allowed to run this way. It's absolutely heartbreaking to hear that they're cutting down big trees before they've even decided on that final plan. Um, and you did mention the impact this is having on some of the locals. Have you stayed in touch with people and, you know, how, how are they feeling with these, you know, these works happening with them in their houses? Uh, well, they feel um, devastated. They feel like they're ignored. Uh, they make complaints to the contractor. The contractor will say, get in touch with the North East Link Project. They ring up the North East Link Project and they say, get in touch with the CPB contractors. They're given a runaround and they've got no redress. So it's not, there's not a proper complaint response or escalation of complaints. And they also feel very trapped you know, they, um, you know, they used to enjoy the parkland. Now they can't. Um, and they, then I don't think they're sure that they can actually stay in their homes. But Northeast, for some of the um, homes, Northeast Link Project are expecting people to live through this and uh, not, uh, not being helpful about uh, temporary relocations or or permanent relocations or voluntary separation packages, which are all avenues open to them. But many people would like to stay, but they feel like they can't. And there are other solutions open to them, like um, improving their homes with um, double glazed windows or um, fences or even plantings to uh, be barriers to the noise, but it's um they are certainly feeling discouraged and despondent, and I guess, and they're just feeling helpless because um there's nowhere to turn to, and it's um it's difficult to work these issues out with um you know in isolation, just by you know email and over the phone. Mm, um, Michelle, you can have one hour of exercise per day, but do people have places to get open space out there? Um, I, I'd say the open space is a little bit further away. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, uh, you know, as the works progress, it's going, they, people won't even have access to their homes. The, um, mm. the works are in the street right up to fences. So it's um, getting in an, in time, or as the project progresses, it's, uh, we need to work out a few solutions for them because uh, they'll be either won't have access to their homes or be trapped in their homes. And, um, yes, there are a few nearby parks they can get to, but it's, um, it's going to be difficult. And I guess it's really just a matter of, um, you know, walking the suburban streets as um, so many of us have to do. Mm. Barry, I'd like to bring you in here. You've been researching the air and noise pollution of major road projects like this one. What can you tell us about the air pollution along the Eastern Freeway and what's going to happen if we bring another 90,000 cars onto the road? 
Yeah, well, the first thing with the air pollution is that in Victoria, we have a state environment protection policy, uh, which I'll refer to as SEP. Um, and so we have this SEP in place. It's a legis legislated uh, requirement that uh, it sets out limits for all the different pollutants and it has to be complied with. Um, now, around Melbourne, there are roads where the SEP is breached. Uh, Francis Street, Yarraville is one, one example. But the fact is, in terms of doing preliminary studies for North East Link, uh, the SEP has to be looked at and it has to be uh, worked out and modelled to see if compliance will be met. Now, that SEP study hasn't been done. And uh, we've got data for the current data on the Eastern Freeway and uh, it shows that exceedances of the SEP limit are already occurring. And we know that in the EES for North East Link, they determine the particle pollution will increase two and a half times by the year 2036. So there's a pretty strong indication that the limits for particle pollution and gases will be exceeded. But because the proper modelling study hasn't been done, it can't be quantified. Now, to me, it's obvious why they haven't done it, because if, if you don't know about a problem, you don't have to solve it. And something like uh, a SEP study that shows serious breaches of the limits uh, could jeopardise the project. And that's probably as good a reason as why it hasn't been done. The EPA are heavily involved in what has been done, but, but they haven't done the proper SEP impact study for air quality. And, and Barry, like it, it sounds really, you know, like they're not following due process there, but it is quite technical. Could you just explain what the SEP is and what they should be looking for to, to if they were conducting one? Yeah, well, the SEP sets out limits for particle pollution. So there's two types of particle pollution, PM 2.5 and PM 10. And it sets out limits for all the various gases, carbon monoxide, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't see the gases as, as a problem, as, as a bigger problem. They're not good for you, the gases, but they're not the ones that are going to cause serious breaches from what, what we can gather with the, the data that we've got. It's the particle pollution. That's the big one. And particle pollution comes from largely from diesel vehicles. It's uh, tyre dust, brake dust, ordinary everyday dust. Um, and that's the one that uh, is being breached now, particle pollution, PM 2.5. That's the one that's uh, the worst one. And all the indicators are that's only going to get worse. As I said, uh, the EES predicts an increase of two and a half times the current levels of particle pollution. And a lot of what's happening in the background and a lot of this denial that's happening at the moment is they're hinging a lot of uh, on cleaner technology with cars, with vehicles. Now, I'm pretty sure that in seven years when North East Link opens up, there will be more electric cars on the road. There's no doubt about that. But uh, I'm not convinced that all our truck fleet are going to be running on uh, electricity 
in seven years' time. I, I, I doubt very much whether there'll be any trucks that uh, uh, are much cleaner than what they are now. And what's happening with North East Link is that the diesel vehicles are going to quadruple in number. So they already say that on the Eastern Freeway at the moment, there's 6,000 trucks a day. That, that will increase to 21,000. So we are going to get um, a big increase in the dirtiest polluters. Uh, with trucks, it's not only uh, pollution, air pollution, it's the noise as well. And even if the vehicles do get cleaner, they are still going to dump tyre dust and brake dust on the road. And uh, that, that's something more and more scientists are realising is, is also a very serious problem. It's tyre, the fine particles of tyre rubber and brake dust. So, Michelle, you're on the Community Liaison Committee. What kind of changes would you like to see to make the outcomes better for locals? Yeah, well, the outcome would have been better if um, the Planning Minister, Richard Wynne, had actually accepted all the um, Planning Panel Victoria's recommendations, which were that, um, one, that the Eastern Freeway um, widening be reviewed to be smaller. Um, the second one was that the Simpson Army Barracks land, which is a high-value high biodiversity dry woodland, that that be declared a no-go zone, that um, the interchange at Lower Plenty Road be reviewed. Importantly, that we have a um, the tunnel, the, which is to protect Banyal Flats and Banyal Parkland, that needs to be extended further north to save the Simpson Army Barracks and to save, um, you know, people's homes and livability in uh, in Yalambi area. So these are all doables. And I, that um, the project is still overblown, but it would make it would save us from the worst of the um, loss of trees, the worst of the loss of creeks, and it would save um, a lot of. Um, public open space and save, um, uh, like people could still stay in their homes. It would be a much better project. But even so, um, you know, that would make a far better project, but we really should have been looking at other projects like, um, um, you know, public transport like Doncaster Rail and Airport Rail and the freight rail links so that... Um, it, it would still put pressure, building this road still puts pressure on um, on, the, on building more freeways. So that there certainly are um, much better, more effective ways of moving people around than this. Absolutely. And we are running pretty short of time, but Barry, could you give us a quick summary of how much noise is going to be created by the projects and what the impacts on the community are? Right. Well, there's two uh, components of noise. It's the daytime and the nighttime. What they actually say in the EES is that uh, the, the limits they're setting for the daytime will be exceeded at 159 properties, basically to save money. Um, so that's all I'll say on that. There's a lot more I can say, but that's just 
a, a brief summary of their approach to the daytime noise. Now, with the nighttime noise, there is no nighttime noise policy at all in Victoria. There is in New South Wales, but there isn't, is not in Victoria. So this is one of the very first pro road projects where they've actually, the minister has set a nighttime noise limit, but it's, it's really, it's a nothing limit too. It's not protection at all. Um, but what's frustrating is once again, um, there's been no impact study done on the nighttime noise. Um, so we've got this nothing limit that the minister has set. It's not protection at all. Uh, they haven't done a study once again to tell us uh, whether they'll what what we're going to get. And and they know. And the minister in his report said that uh, this, this is very much about moving freight during the night. This project. Mm. Um, so I was just wondering, how can people get involved with the fight for rethinking the northeast link? Well, there's, um, they can uh, join the Sustainable Cities group. Um, I just don't have the details with me, but I know you guys will. And we also have um, a number of community groups out there like um, Friends of Banyul and Residents Against um, United Against Northeast Link Corridor A. There's also, we need people to be contacting their local members and local councillors and to let them know about their concerns because I think um, despite um, our concern, there's a lot of people that demand roads and they seem to have a... Um, they're the voices that are listened to. So if you have concerns about this project, don't, say, don't stay silent. Act and, um, and call uh, your local members, local councillors, or write and email them. And I guess the other thing is, if you live near the project area and you're concerned about pollution or um, noise, you need to complain to the Environment Protection Authority. Although that's a painful process, please be patient and do it. You also need to complain to the North East Link Project, and that's on the... Um, I think it's the 1-800-105-105 number. That's Victoria's big build. But I think the idea is not to say, oh, it's a done deal, or oh, we have to accept it, it's, pro it's pro progress, sorry. It's not progress when a project deliberately harms health and um, destroys livability of, of our beautiful suburbs. So I've... Um, don't be complacent, speak up. Right. Yes, and the Sustainable Cities Collectives meet on Monday nights and they're meeting online at the moment and we can pop the links to all of those different groups in the show notes for today. So Michelle Jorvis and Barry Watson, thank you so much for your time and joining us on Dirt Radio. Thank yeah, great. Thanks very much for having us. Thank you. We'll be back right after this. Friends of the Earth Food Co-op is open. Get fresh produce and support local farmers and keep our grassroots community thriving through these unusual times. Organic veggie boxes and click and collect now available. 
visit www.foefood.org slash clickcollect to place your orders. Or pop in store at 312 Smith Street and see how we're adapting with our new physical distancing layout. Shop organic and buy local. Made easy at Friends of the Earth. A proud 3CR supporter. you're back on Dirt Radio on 3CR. We've been talking to members of the Sustainable Cities Collective about the campaign to rethink the Northeast Link. And as you've just heard, the impact on air, air quality and the impact of noise pollution from what, we, what could be Australia's largest road project present human health risks uh, to local communities and could cut down lots and lots of trees. Of course, if you missed it or you want to listen back onto the conversation, you can do that at 3cr.org.au slash dirtradio. If you found yourself, you've got time on your hands, have a scroll through the Acting Up podcast feed back at Friends of the Earth History Series. You can hear about our earliest road campaigns against F-19 and the expansion of the Eastern Freeway back in the 90s. You can connect with activism from over the past 45 years. All history shows are hosted at 3cr.org.au slash acting up. But as the series wrapped up in February, the episode's in a long de- way down the, the pod feed. And reminder that Friends of the Earth Food Co-op is still open Monday to Saturday. We've got our COVID safe plan in action. So drop by, support local growers and get your organics and bulk foods at Friends of the Earth. And coming up at Friends of the Earth, Uh, we have What's Next for Victoria's Koalas. Thanks to citizen science that was conducted by Friends of the Earth, we believe there could be as few as 1,500 Streslecki koalas uh, remaining in Victoria and South Australia, which are the only endemic species of koala population in those states. Uh, We'll be hearing from campaigners and scientists about why the Streslecki koala is so important what the threats are to its long-term survival and how people can come together to save it from extinction. It's going to be on September 24 at 7pm and you can find it on the Friends of the Earth Melbourne events page uh, and, and RSVP there to get the Zoom link. And also a friendly reminder that all of our collective meetings have moved online You can find the details for the Sustainable Cities Collective meeting if you've been inspired by today's show on their Facebook page or also at www.melbournefo.org.au slash sustainable cities. And there's also new volunteer sessions happening regularly. So if you're keen to um, get involved and find out more of what's happening, then check out, go and RSVP to a volunteer session on the Friends of the Earth Melbourne website as well. And finally, a shout-out to all the amazing online events that Friends of the Earth Collectives have been putting on this year. There has been a whole suite of great conversations happening online. You can find them at the different collectives' Facebook pages. So if you're interested in Act on Climate, or Yes to Renewables, or River Country, or Sustainable Cities, look any of them up on Facebook, 
or scroll back through the videos on the Friends of the Earth Melbourne page or pop onto the Faux Australia YouTube channel to find some of them there. I'd like to say a big thanks to our guests, Michelle Jarvis and Barry Watson, and an extra special thank you to Lucinda Walker for co-hosting once again. Oh, my pleasure, Megan. And taking us out today is Better Things by Kian. We'll see you next week. Absolutely.